Welcome to Intersect Where Church Meets Culture. I'm Josh Desch, lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina, and I am joined as always by the clean and sanitized Betsy. <laughs> do you feel hey, everybody. do you feel clean, sanitized, virus-free today, Betsy? Cleaner than ever. Well, wonderful. Well, it is good to be back, folks. It has been a long time since we have recorded a podcast. In fact, it's been something like nine months. We're going to get to why in a moment, but this is season three. Cue applause now. Woohoo! Woo season three of Intersect is here, and the title for our first episode of season three is this, Josh and Betsy are out of quarantine. All right. All right. Now we're going to explain what the point of that title is. Bets, we have literally been in quarantine yes. for over three weeks. Yes. We were exposed to- It was to, something else. It was something else. We were exposed to the virus and we did what we were supposed to do. Yes. We followed the CDC, we followed DHEC, and we were locked down. But isn't it good to be out? Never have I known the walls of our house so well or um, you know, used so much online shopping. It was, and have you ever been as grateful to just go into a gas station? Oh, it's and it's, buy a Snicker bar. It's so great. I went to the grocery store yesterday, and I was just thinking in my mind. Of course, you can't see anyone's mouth through their mask, but I was smiling ear to ear at everyone. Hello, person. Hello, person. Hello, person. Just greeting. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's yeah. who you are. You are the angelic <laughs> Betsy. Oh, it was so great to just see people who aren't you and the children. Although I yes. love you so much. <laughs> yes, isolation is difficult. Yes, and if. if if coronavirus, COVID-19 has taught us anything, it has been uh, how much we need each other. Mm -hmm. But Betsy, quite a lot has happened. So let's just, for our listening audience here, let's review the last uh, nine months, really. So we last recorded an episode in early 2020, mm -hmm. and we last released an episode in April of 2020. That was the last episode of season two, but that episode had been recorded prior since? April, when we thought that this would be over oh, by June, absolutely. right? Yeah. We were thinking, absolutely. <laughs> we were thinking a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe at the most. Yep. Well, quite a lot has happened in that period since we last recorded an episode. And apparently there has been some virus, and I'll let you talk about that. <laughs> but for us, personally, a huge thing was that uh, I have now become the lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church. Mm -hmm. So that's been a big change. We're very grateful to God for that. New calling for me, new uh, adventure for us as a family. Uh, so that's been a really big thing for us as a family. Sure. And shortly... Pretty much, uh, really within, a, I'd say, a month or so after uh, that position was announced and I was elected by the congregation, coronavirus hit. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when you first heard about coronavirus? Well, I think I was seeing headlines in December okay. about how it was, you know, something was spreading. In China, right? Yes. Yep, yep. And then, you know, it was, the way I kind of thought about the spring, it was like this tidal wave that you could see offshore and it was building and it was getting bigger. And then the cases started, and then all of a sudden, what? Well, well, it was March seventeenth, I think, was when Richland two schools. That was the first yep. day that they uh, were not in session. At Public first, they just shut down. they sent home a packet for ten school days, <laughs> wow, <laughs> which is really funny to think about now. Um, but it was March seventeenth was the yeah. date that things in my life ground to a halt. That was when you know all all of a sudden our four children were home um, and we were doing e-learning. And it was pretty sudden because I remember yes. we had gone to church the week before. There was kind of one week where it seemed like each day it got a little more serious mm -hmm. and then the world just shut down. Exactly. Yeah, really crazy. And here we are now 
and it the fall is upon us here. Our kids have still not returned to in-person school. They are doing virtual school, and just this has been crazy, hasn't it, to live through this pandemic? It really has, yeah. Us personally, our our oldest son is in person, and I am homeschooling our younger three. Yes, so that God bless is you. my adventure for the fall, and I'm relearning a lot of um, first and third and fifth grade things. So <laughs> your grammar is really good right now. My grammar, oh my gosh, yeah. I've learned about all these verb tenses all over again. It's actually kind of. Um, Informative. What's the show? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. I would I would probably still fail that, but you, yeah. you would not. I mean, you would <laughs> not pass now. that. Yeah, not, not now. Not by the end of the year. Not now. Well, here's what we want to talk about today, folks. Three blessings and three challenges of coronavirus. Now that Josh and Betsy are out of quarantine, we the podcast is back. We want to talk about three blessings and three challenges of this virus and what it has done to our lives. This has just been a life-altering event, has it not? I mean, mm-hmm. this has been worst pandemic since the 1918 Spanish flu. Here we are, we're living through it. Betsy, why don't you kick us off? What is a blessing that you have experienced as a result of the coronavirus? Well, I, I thought of several, actually. Um, I think this is one thing. I, I'm going to go to a Tim Keller sermon because that's where you can I never usually go. go. Yep. Yeah. So um, our oldest son, when we take him to school, it's about there and back, it's about um, 45 minutes in the car. And that's just about the length of one Tim Keller sermon in his podcast, Gospel and Life. So anyway, I uh, frequently listen to those. And in one, he was preaching about Jonah. And he used the phrase tender violence. Um, God sends the storms in our lives as tender violence to disrupt our comfort and to help us see how broken mm-hmm. and helpless we are. I think that um, coronavirus has been a tender violence in my life. Uh, it's shaken the foundations. It's helped me to see what's important, what's not, how um, you know how my priorities have been misplaced in ways, and. Um, I, I wouldn't choose that necessarily, so that's why it's a violence, but it's also tender um, in that God uses it to help you to see those things that you need to see. Mm, that's a great phrase, tender violence. Mm-hmm. Well, my first one would be um, the beginning of the Northeast Presbyterian Church daily devotional. Mm. So when uh, the virus hit and all of, all of a sudden everybody's working from home, as a pastor, my work is all people work. It's, I I don't make widgets in a factory. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I'm not a computer programmer or anything like that. I am, my my business is people. And so really all the way back in March, uh, started something called the Daily Devotional on the Northeast Presbyterian Church NEPC Facebook page. And it's been neat that this community has hung together through all this, Mm -hmm. 7.30 in the morning, Monday through Friday, we get online, we spend a little time together in God's word. And I never knew how encouraged I would be by all the people that just say, good morning. Mm -hmm. How are you? Great to see everybody. Happy Monday, happy Tuesday, happy Wednesday. And just the encouragement, of course, it, it's not as good as in person, but let's not forget this. It's better than nothing. That's right. And to have, to see kind of how our church family has rallied together has been a neat thing. And so, as someone who watches it frequently, it's it's really nice even just to see, hey, there's my buddy and they're watching this too at the same time. Even though you're not in the same place, just to know that you're sharing an experience together is really neat. Should I mention the coffee cups? Totally. Okay. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I started to show off our coffee cups. I would show, show off a new coffee cup each day. I remember right after I started the Daily Devotional, somebody said emailed me and said, Josh, 
Um, I bet you have about 20 coffee cups. I bet you're going to keep this going for about 20 days. Now, maybe <laughs> maybe we had 20, 25. We already had a lot. We Be- did, because I love coffee. You love coffee I cups. Do. It's your love language. One of them. Coffee cups. Not you can never only. go wrong. Yes. Well, guess what? The coffee cups just started showing up. They did. And then we, we basically built an addition on our house for these coffee cups. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have so many coffee cups. So that's it's been so fun. fun. It's been fun. And it's we really love fun. coffee. And we do love coffee. And also you open the cabinet and it just makes you think of whoever gave it yes. to you, which is yes. so much fun. It's been really cool. All yeah. right, Bets, what's number two for you? Um, I'm going to go with, we, I have a renewed appreciation for simple things. Mm. Like um, just gathering with people. How many things did we take for granted? Gathering with people, going to um, a sporting event, just all of these things that we never thought twice about. And then when you're not able to do it, all of a sudden you say, wow, that's a really wonderful thing that we get to do so often before this. Yeah, just appreciate, go, go to a football game, go to the grocery store, smile at somebody right. through your mask. Through your and, mask, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's so true. I mean, that, that's absolutely true. And for me, my second one is really dovetails with that. It's a renewed appreciation for public worship. Hmm. Because for me, I remember in March, now, of course, for me as a pastor, the Sunday morning is, is a big morning for me, you know, Sunday morning worship. But just, um, you know, just appreciating in a whole new way the privilege of being able to go to church Nobody makes us go to church in America. Here we go to church because we want to go to church because we can go to church. And I recognize there's still a lot of people that aren't ready to be back yet. And in no way do I want it to sound like they should mm-hmm. uh, be back yet. But just um, if you haven't gone back to public worship yet, when you do go back, you're just going to feel something you haven't felt for a long time. Yes. Because agreed. it's exactly what you said, just all these things we take for granted. Mm-hmm. So that's my second one. Mm-hmm. Well, my third and final blessing is um, much lighter, but it's um, actually gerbils. So here's the story. Uh Uh-oh. I I don't know if we should say this on air. (laughs) It's really crazy. Here's the story. So our oldest son brought home two gerbils in February from school. His science teacher was looking. I I guess they had extra gerbils and I'm going to say on air, Josh was the one who signed the permission slip. I did it so, on a I, I wrote it on a napkin. <laughs> Send us home this. with the gerbil. Yeah, Howie was like, Dad, can we get gerbils? Because he probably knew if he asked me, I would have said I thought no, it was but, gerbil, and, singular. Yeah, but, yeah. I think we well. did think it was gerbil. But anyway, so two gerbils come home. Lo and behold, of course, they happened to be a boy and a girl, and we didn't know. So um, the world shut down. All of a sudden, we had three gerbil babies. And... It was just so funny. The, the kids had the best time yeah. with oh, those yeah. babies. Yep. I mean, they provided more entertainment, and they really are very, very cute. So then those babies grew up. <laughs> oh, no, what happened? And then we had three more babies. So we just have gerbil madness, you know. We've tried to separate. Yeah, we gender. honestly, guys, it's actually really hard to get the gender of a gerbil. It's not, it's not really obvious. So anyway... Um, so then we had the second round of babies, and then, you know, we thought we had it figured out for a while because there were no babies. You know, one went to live with our neighbor. We kind of had the situation under control. Well, then, um, last month, lo and behold, we did not have the situation figured out because there were eight babies. So we are now a household of 12 gerbils. Yep, yep. And Speaking of, for a limited time only, right now, <laughs> we are doing a buy one, get one free. Don't even buy one. Just take one, get one free. It's only $500 per gerbil. <laughs> Just. So we are apparently gerbil people now. 
Um, but honestly, that has been such a blessing because not that I want 12, but um, they have provided so much entertainment for the kids. They, they really are very, very cute. Um, but, but seriously, if any listeners want gerbils, please, please take some. Well, that in, in all seriousness, they are cute, they fun are cute. animals that the Lord has made, and uh, they have been good for our children. They have. Absolutely. Uh, my, my last one would be um, the virus has forced us to change whether we like it or not. And uh, I won't be super specific here, but really, in, in a lot of ways, I think this last one for me is the way that you stated your first one, just that it, it has shaken up my world. Mm-hmm. It has uh, caused me, an example for me is I have... Uh, read more probably mm-hmm. in the last six months than I think I had in a really long time. I have read some things that uh, I, I would not normally have read, I think, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for just the the rhythms and the the changes and just the world being, you know, shooken up here yeah. with, with the virus. So so for me, uh, just, just that whole, like, you're completely out of your routine and for me, another random one has been I've started running again, mm-hmm. which I had not run for a really long time. And now I'm just, I'm killing it on the, not really, but I'm just- You totally are. I'm running and I'm having a good time. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it's been good to, okay, let's go on. So there have been blessings, no doubt. But Bets, there have been challenges. Significant. Significant challenges. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to minimize those. So um, why don't I kick us off on on the challenges? Sure. So for me, I, the, my first one is the diminishment of relationships. Mm. So just, uh, I think about the friends that I haven't hung out with since uh, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I think about the families that we haven't hung out with, the dinner parties we haven't had. Um, for me, I, I quit the gym because yeah. I didn't want to work out with a mask on. And I had actually started to get to know people in the gym. Mm-hmm. I had started to, you know, have something of a community at the gym, nothing like you had had. But, you know, just the diminishment of relationships has been real. I have felt it. And I have felt it as a healthy, younger person. Mm-hmm. Think about how other people have felt it who are not as healthy. Right. So diminishment of relationships has been really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Um Along those lines, one of the challenges for me, we, we both love having people over. And I think one of the challenges has been, is it safe to have people over? Is it not safe? Am I endangering someone by inviting them over? Like that whole yep. question of like, how is it safe to hang out with people? Is it not? Should I go to a restaurant? Should I not? Like all of those questions that, again, that we never thought twice about are now these questions that are, you know, that we have to reckon with. Yeah. Yeah. So how about your first challenge? That was it. That was it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of challenges, masks mm-hmm. and, and having people and all this. Right. All right. Well, so, so for my second one, um, it would be that, uh, the virus has, I'm going to go back to my last one, but here in a negative way, the virus has forced us to change whether we like it or not. And for me, a negative way that has forced us to change um, I already mentioned that I, I quit the gym, but for example, like we don't give hugs anymore. Yeah. You don't do hugs. Don't right. be hugs. You can't hug. Yeah. You Does, can't. And doesn't it look crazy when you see um, a movie or something where people are just doing all these things we never thought twice about, like a like a hug or shaking somebody's hand and you're like, whoa. Yep. You can't shake hands. No. Uh, you probably just stand further apart. Um, you, you know, you can't can't do Ring Around the Rosie. I mean, there's a lot you can't. You t- <laughs> I'll tell you, I went to the dentist over the summer and- the dentist stuck his hand out to me to shake my hand, to shake my hand, and I was floored. 
That, 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 at that moment, I was like, wow, my thinking has really changed. <laughs> Somebody's offering to shake my hand. Yeah. So that's a, that's a way that has forced us to change. And honestly, some of that you wonder how much that's going to go back ever, mm-hmm. some of those things. But again, we are, uh, we're physical creatures, we're embodied creatures, and uh, we, need the, we need physical presence. We need uh, those things, and for those things to go away has been hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think um, another challenge I, I've felt personally, and I know other people are feeling, is just dealing with the fear and the anxiety and the pessimism of, yeah. you know, will things ever go back to, quote-unquote, normal Will we do the things that we always have done? You know, you hear these things about, um, you know, oh, maybe maybe by this time next year we'll be doing normal things or whatever. You just hear these different forecasts and predictions. And I think dealing with that fear of the unknown, like what is the future going to look like, that's a real challenge, I think. Yeah, and it's, it's real and it's hard because we want to know when the when is the vaccine going to come? What are the experts telling us? Will the us? vaccine be effective? That's right. But yeah. then when you start to go down that road, there's a lot of dangers with that as well mm-hmm. because you start to become anxious. Right. Bets, there was a, an article from Politico magazine. It was from uh, March. So it's a little bit dated now. Yeah, we were still feeling good in March. Oh, March. Everybody oh, was like, this is nothing. Yeah. This is gone next week. This is week. almost over. Okay, here, here was the title of it, but here was the title of the article. Coronavirus will change the world permanently. Here's how. Mm. I want to read this. The comfort of being, and I'm quoting here from the article, the comfort of being in the presence of others might be replaced by a greater comfort with absence, especially with those we mm. don't know intimately. Instead of asking is there a reason to do this online? We'll be asking, is there any good reason to do this mm. in person and might need to be reminded and convinced that there is. Mm. So I think that's starting to happen already. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can absolutely see uh, post-vaccine uh, people making that calculus. You know, do I really need to be in person for this? What's the sure. point? Why can't sure. I just do this online? Mm-hmm. And just going to the changes in our society, and they are significant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, all right, do you have any other challenges? Well, I think just a general sense of, you know, when you just feel disconnected and you feel, I mean, especially as we were in quarantine, you just, for me, I just felt isolated, disconnected, like untethered from the things that had given me so much significance and meaning, you know, and not that I, ultimately those things are to be found in the Lord, Um but, you know, we have these things in our lives that, that are the things that we love, the things that give us the meaning and the, um, and the purpose. And when those things aren't available or they aren't deemed safe or whatever it may be, I think you just feel kind of disconnected, like you're just yeah. unmoored. You feel unmoored, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here would be my last challenge of coronavirus. The virus has led us to be less connected to our church, hmm. to our churches. This would be true for everybody. This is from Barna. Barna, the research group, the researcher, of course, the research group. He said that uh, one in three practicing Christians has stopped attending church during the pandemic. Hmm. Uh, that Now, actually, this is from July, so I don't know if that's gone up or down. And here's another thing. Um, people are experiencing church, according to Barna, in a way that's similar to how they would experience watching television, okay? In other words, listen to this. 34% of people surveyed admitted to streaming a different church service other than their own, which could be called church hopping digitally. (laughs) So you can just sort of like change the channel, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So 
not bad that people are checking out other churches. Sure. Um, but you do have to say, okay, sort of what's happening here with with church commitment and mm-hmm. and all of this, and people are, um, you know, a lot of people are not as f- connected as they were when they physically went to the church. Ed Stetzer, have you heard of Ed Stetzer? Yes. Yeah, he's big online guy, like uh, in terms of research trends for Christianity and stuff. Oh, that's not who I thought he was. Okay. <laughs> who do you think he was? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> not that guy. Yeah. Um, he says this, is this going to be a pivot point where people who were not heavily engaged in church choose to disengage? The answer to that is probably yes for a mm. significant number of people. Mm. So uh, we're not trying to be negative here, pessimistic, but this is definitely an inflection point for a lot of people with church, and we're going to come out of this different, mm-hmm. Bets, mm-hmm. and it is going to be, but but who knows what the Lord is and is going to accomplish through all of this shaking up. That's right. That's going on in our culture right now. That's right. And I think we as believers can just have so much comfort knowing that God is on his throne. Uh-huh. This is not a surprise to him. He's not wringing his hands. Um, you know, his purposes will be accomplished and we can trust him through that and have, um, not that we like the circumstances and, you know, for those who are losing loved ones, that's, that's the ultimate hardship. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we, we can trust him through it. That's right. Uh, he, he is with us in the valleys and he has purposes both that we can see and purposes that we cannot see. Yeah, and I would encourage our listeners to maybe make your own list of blessings and challenges. It's kind of fun to, or maybe not fun, but meaningful to think about how have these last months um, impacted my life? You know, what are things sure. that I want to evaluate going forward? I think that's really um, that really can be a good thing for everybody. You know, I was uh, reading about the Christian artist Michael Card, you know, singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. He said that God brings out of pain uh, songs, lyrics, depth that he could bring out no other way. Hmm. And you just wonder, again, that tender violence, that what the Lord is accomplishing in each of our lives through this, and, and we can journal about this, we can write about this, we can think about this. And one prediction I have is, um, I know that every prediction under the sun is saying, what this means is the world's permanently virtual, we're all going to turn into robots, and you know we're never going to see each other again. But I wonder if the church is one day going to be known for being a place where people are physically present. Hmm. You know, in other words, church becomes known as a non-virtual environment. Hmm. And maybe as everything else becomes virtual, the church becomes this place where it's like, yeah, you can hang out with real people. Sure. They actually come. Hmm. And it's great. Yeah. Because we need each other. That's right. Betsy, what's 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 going on in your life? What else? What, what, <laughs> do you got something else to share for us? Well, I did. Now, this is not um, substantive at all, but... I did have a just being honest. For just today. being honest. You know, we be like, honest with me. We like to just share something that we found that's funny or you know meaningful in some in some way. This is not meaningful at all, but I thought it was very funny. So you know, sometimes I I'm the person who only reads headlines. I know that's dangerous, um, but anyway. So a couple of weeks ago, I was just reading headlines, and I came across across this headline. Um, it here it was: Why 48 is the age at which you are most miserable? But things perk up when you're in your 70s. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a long time yeah, before whoa. things perk up. 
work up. So you just got to hang in there for you like. You just got to hang in there until you're for, 70. For two decades. Yeah. So anyway, I thought this was so funny. What a funny headline. So it was yeah. basically this guy yeah. who's a professor at Dartmouth did a study on happiness levels throughout the world. And, and his point was that happiness levels resemble a U shape. And apparently 48 is at the very bottom. And then when you get to your 70s, you feel as good as you felt at the other top of the year. Yep, yep. So, so the slide goes up. The yeah. roller coaster starts moving up. Yeah. I don't know if I buy it, but it's hilarious. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the 50s and 60s are in there somewhere. I, don't, I guess you're coming out of the... Yep, yep. Anyway, I thought that was really funny. Headlines are dangerous. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find anything you want on a headline. That's right. That's... I want to tell you what I have been reading. Yeah, what you've been reading. Okay. I found this book. It's called Burden. Have you ever heard of a place called Lawrence, South Carolina? No. Okay, we live here in the beautiful city of Columbia, the state capital of the Palmetto State, but Lawrence is a city southeast of Greenville. Okay. It's not Greenville. Yeah. It's Greenville, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So anyway, it's about 40 miles away from Greenville, and I found this story about, okay, there's a city, it's called Lawrence, it's a small town. In 1996... Uh, a guy opened up, two guys really, um, including one guy named Michael Burdened, opened up a Ku Klux Klan muse museum in wow. downtown in the city. It, it, it created national news. It made national headlines. It was all over the place. It's, and so I read this book about how this very poor, impoverished man became connected to the KKK, uh, how he became involved in starting this shop slash museum uh, the 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 clan got a city permit, so there was they were legally allowed, and they were protect, protected by the First Amendment. They were legally allowed to run this store and museum. Of course, the, everybody was saying this is horrible, but it was attracting all these white supremacists and all this. Hmm. Well, there's a black pastor in the town, a guy named David Kennedy, and he is this vibrant, energetic, uh, fighting racism, fighting injustice pastor of this black church. Well, in this crazy turn of events, this guy named Michael Burden whose name was on the, the lease for the building, ends up be, becoming friends with this black pastor. A friendship forms. The guy ends up leaving the Klan, uh, ends up attending the black church. Wow. It's not all roses. There's ups and downs in the stories, but it, in, in the story, but it is an incredible example of um, that, that, you know what? Hatred ultimately is not going to triumph. Mm. Love's going to triumph. Mm. And yeah. I, will, I will tell you this too. There are a lot of people that are attracted to uh, organizations like the Klan, not because they are inherently racist, although racism is probably present in all of us, every single human being, mm -hmm. probably maybe in the tiniest form at least. Mm -hmm. but, but at any rate, a lot of people are not attracted to the Klan uh, because of that, they are attracted because they need community. Because mm. it's a, it's a group where they find an identity, they find so a purpose, sad. they find it's so sad. Mm -hmm. And what a what a calling for the church mm -hmm. to be that place where people find their identity, find their purpose. At any rate, it's an awesome, heartwarming story of a Klu, Ku Klux Klan member who becomes a fr friends with a black pastor. Incredible love by the black pastor in his church, wow. and just a yeah. really cool thing. It became What's it called burden. B-U-R-D-E-N also is a movie. Mm. So that's that's what I read. It's a super quick read. You could knock it out in like two days in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one. If you have a normal life, we don't know how long. <laughs> All right, everybody. It has been good to be back. Is it not, Betsy? Oh, yeah. Season three. Here we yep, come. Yep. So, hey, y'all. Um, 
if you have any feedback for us, any comments, if you want to tell us if 48 really was the worst year of your life, um, just email us at intersect at anyprez.com. We also have a Facebook group. You can um, just search up Intersect Podcast of NEPC on Facebook. Join us there. Uh, get some announcements, some blurbs, you know. And also, y'all, if you want to subscribe, if you subscribe to our podcast, you'll always get uh, notified when we have a new episode. You can do that through your podcast app or through email. So um, check that out and subscribe. Great to have you. See you next time.